Hello, good morning, good afternoon, good evening, depending on where you are. So today I want to talk about Dubai versus Singapore. You know, this is just my impression uh, of of what it is to to set up a business and operate from Dubai versus Singapore. I've seen, you know, it's been quite hotly debated. I, I think for me, at least from my point of view, I, I've been based in Singapore for coming on 10 years now, but during the the lockdowns with the the recent health crisis kind of dubai really came into its own i think i mean dubai was always there as a financial center for the middle east but for a while it was the only international city that remained open uh more or less during during the lockdown so you know it, it really kind of rose to preeminence and i think with the recent conflicts in uh in russia between russia and ukraine it it has even become more important as there's been an influx of of business professionals from from that area so just want to have a kind of quick conversation about that and obviously it is super subjective everybody will have their point of view and i invite you to comment below or you can reach out to us via our website hg.tax so right singapore what, what are my impressions you know i've been here for a while obviously because i've spent more time here in singapore i'm going to be more uh, bias, obviously. I think that's natural. I've uh, been resident, I've uh, been a resident of Dubai for just over two years now. We set up an office there. We set up a small presence in, in Dubai in late 2020, early 2021, I think it was. But in Singapore, we're pretty established. We probably have a, just over 30 staff at the office in the business district here in Singapore. So obviously, Singapore is more of a, of a jurisdiction for us. But anyway, having said that, Singapore, I mean, from from in terms of perhaps some of the challenges Singapore has is its size. It's small. It's relatively small. Uh, it's way more expensive in general. But having said that, there are parts of Dubai that are pretty expensive, you know, like on the Palm, for example. So if, if you have that... That, that level of expensive taste, I'm sure it could be satisfied in either jurisdiction. But generally speaking, Singapore is probably more expensive. And Singapore is definitely harder to get into. So because, which, which makes sense naturally given its small size and the demand, uh, for, you know, for residency in, in Singapore being what it is, it, it's going to be, it's going to be harder. Whereas Dubai, it's so big. It's so huge. And remember, it's, it's not just Dubai, but it's one of, uh, seven or so Emirates. So, you know, we, uh, I, I was living in Sharjah for a while, an apartment in Sharjah, which is, you know, you know, driving from Sharjah to Dubai, there's traffic, but you don't really tell you moving from one Emirate to the other. So. And there are options for those who don't want to live in Dubai. So, you know, when you consider the other Emirates as options, it, it is a, you have a lot to choose from. Uh, now, in terms of its strengths, I think Singapore, it's an incredibly strong brand. It's, it's really very, very well regulated. Banking is, is excellent. You know, it is a financial center. It's, a, it's probably like a, a second tier financial center in my mind after London and New York. I'd put Singapore and Hong Kong, despite its challenges, it's still, you know, it's still, there's still a lot of activity going in Hong Kong as a gateway to, to China. So it is excellent banking, easy networking because it's such a small space. So it's easy to get to know people and, and to, to mix and mingle. Uh, it's a slightly bigger economy as well. So it's slightly bigger in terms of GDP and US dollars. So it's slightly bigger than the Emirates. So it's half the size. It's 5 million versus the Emirates, 10 million roughly, whereas it's a bigger economy. So that, that gives you a, a sense of its scope. So Dubai, on the other hand, its reputation. So I'll, I'll treat it in the same way, you know, I did when I commented on Dubai. I'll give three or so, uh, pros and three or so cons. 
which which is what I did with Dubai. So its reputation as a financial center, as a business center, is not as strong as let's say Singapore. Uh, of course, for those who uh, follow, it's been it, it was put back on the gray list. It was on the blacklist previously. It came off the blacklist. Now it's on the gray list as of 2022. So this I'm recording this in 2022, the end of 2022. So it got into the gray list earlier this year. Uh, we remember during the great financial crisis in 2008-2009, Dubai had a lot of problems and there were some scary stories, probably prices were getting softer as they were in many parts of the world, uh, unfortunately. And the financial crisis in Dubai was particularly acute and Abu Dhabi had to bail them out. So I I think that that is uh, common knowledge. And of course, as a result of that, and you know, as evidenced by that, people use that as evidence. People, oh, it's a certain economist, a certain business commentators online, no general. They've been a bit skeptical of the sustainability of the business model for, for Dubai. I mean, it's done a fantastic job, no doubt, of you know, moving away from this dependency on fossil fuels. But as to how sustainable it is going forward, it is subject to debate, as everything should be. You should debate both sides. Uh, another thing was in 2017, there was in one of the neighboring Gulf states, I, I won't say which one, you'd know which one it is, uh, a certain member of the royal family, he held his relatives, uh, they were detained, you know, however you want to f- interpret that, they were de- de- detained in the Ritz-Carlton in the capital of that particular Gulf state. And they, they what the rumor is, that, who knows if it's true or not, what it was discussed online in certain forums is that he was able to know how much money members of his family had in Dubai because the, the Emirati banks were, were, you know, free with that information. And so they can, from certain people's point of view, they betrayed banking secrecy, but that's, that, that happens all the time. So for example, you can say that the Swiss banks in, in the early 2000s, they, you know, after the, the, the scandal with UBS, when the DOJ in the US, Put pressure on them together with the treasury department the swiss banks betrayed their own uh secrecy rules and they shared information with the u.s government so it's not unusual so i mean it's a criticism but you know it happened it happens right that's it's in each of geopolitics and and v- this is just like a minor annoyance the whole situation with vpns that you there's certain apps that some people depend on and they're unable to use because they're being blocked in, in the emirates and you know it, it is what it is so it's just it's a downside so those are the downsides from uh it, in terms of the, the the positives obviously it's tax-free you know whereas in singapore there's there's a the, income is taxes it's not a tax-free jurisdiction per se so maybe a low tax jurisdiction corporate tax rate uh headlines at 17 percent. although for most people the effective tax rate is much lower the personal tax rate i think it tops off at 22 percent, maybe 24 22 percent. so it's not tax-free but it is relatively low tax and of course singapore's territorial tax so generally speaking income that arises outside of singapore is not taxed by singapore in singapore whereas in the emirates it generally is tax-free of course there is a vat singapore has a gst the goods and services tax uh the emirates does have a vat and more recently as it will be phased in i believe from 2023 there's a corporate tax for nine of nine percent but this is on companies that do business domestically so most people that uh, you know that would probably be watching this video perhaps work in the free zones uh, the 45 or so free zones and the government has given an undertaking that for the next 50 years or so that those would remain tax-free as they are right now. 
unless they violate the rules and which would include doing business within uh, earning money invoicing clients from within the Emirates. So, you know, 9% versus uh, or free, much, much lower than in Singapore. We'll probably do another video on the tax situation in the Emirates when, when I, when I get to, when I get back to Dubai next week. So, so, so that's it. Singapore versus Dubai. Just my impressions. Again, please feel free to, to comment below or just visit us on our website, hg.tat and share your perspective. In, in conclusion, it's super subjective, as I keep saying, right? But uh, I think everybody who spends time in Singapore has a problem with how really expensive it is and how much more expensive it's becoming. The, the nature of demand and supply, there's not much you can do about that. There's inflation everywhere. But for Dubai, uh, the VPN and the banking situation, I have clients that actually left the Emirates because they got for sure, IT tech people, you know, people running tech, certain technology platforms, and they were having problems with the connectivity and they they left. But the, uh, definitely the exception for most people who are not so reliant, the VPNs do work. Uh, oh, you just don't use WhatsApp, don't use Skype. There are local apps that, that you can use. And so, yeah, so there are ways around it. So it's, it's, it's not a big deal. Banking, however, is probably more of a challenge. Uh, yeah, you don't have the range of private banking uh, options that you do in Singapore. Naturally, it's a, a higher value financial center that just makes sense. You know, some of the Swiss banks, some of the European banks, more American banks. If Singapore is uh, a top tier jurisdiction, and even with in, even in terms of the the, the domestic banks, OCBC, uh, UOB, uh, DBS, when you look at a ranking globally of the top tier banks in terms of the balance sheet stability and whatever, you're going to see Singapore there. Singapore is definitely, uh, you know, top tier banks as they are ranked and degraded in terms of risk and so on. Whereas the Middle Eastern banks probably not going to be on that list. They, oh, they're probably going to be uh, further down that list. And then those who run operating companies, they're probably going to find more challenges with Middle Eastern banks or Emirati banks and they interface with stuff like PayPal and Stripe. And it, you know, I have a client who was struggling to get US dollar bank drafts issued by the Emirati bank to pay, to, you know, to pay, you know, something in the US. So some of the international banking uh facilities that you perhaps take uh, take for granted in a jurisdiction like singapore london and new york is going to be a struggle in in the emirates but yeah with with, with some sort of planning and foresight there are perhaps ways around that but just generally speaking those those are my thoughts on singapore versus dubai but those are my thoughts what are your thoughts feel free to comment below drop me a line heg.tax thank you so if you're a six, seven, or eight-figure investor, entrepreneur, or business owner who needs a tailor-made solution from a qualified team of professionals, we can help you achieve the international lifestyle, the freedom, and even the tax savings you're looking for. Visit us at htj.tax and live that international life.